Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the Aviation Avenue podcast. Folks, I'm happy to be back with you recording another episode of our podcast. Uh, my name is Braden Piscopo, I'm your host. So everybody, thank you guys for uh, tuning in this week um, for another episode. Um, before I talk about it, just a few quick uh, announcements. So, didn't do much this weekend, I was just uh, relaxing and um, hanging with family this weekend. Um, but man, we are almost to the end of 2022. This year went by very quickly, just like last year, even quicker than last year. So, uh, yeah, so I can't wait to see what 2023 has in store for the airshow world and my podcast world and, uh, for the world itself. Uh, so... Everybody, today we're going to be talking about the OH-6 Little Bird. Now, everybody, this is a Vietnam-era uh, aircraft and our, our helicopter. It's an observation helicopter, so our first helicopter episode. I just realized that we never talked about helicopters, so we're going to talk about a helicopter today. So, everybody, our special guest, Peter Bales, is going to be joining us to discuss this wonderful piece of history and incredible... Um, airplanes so uh, we will talk to you guys on the back end all right hope you enjoy it my name is peter bales and we're here at air venture 2022 in the warbird area i brought my helicopter which is a 1967 oh6a made by hughes this helicopter was in vietnam i also served in vietnam flying the hughes this particular aircraft was in my unit but it got damaged, blown up nine months before I got in country, so I did not fly this particular aircraft, one just like it. So, tick. Go over the controls here. We have, this is a co-pilot side. We did fly in Vietnam with the co-pilot controls in in case the pilot were to get shot. Whoever was next to you hopefully had enough experience to be able to get you back. But uh, that never happened to me, but it has happened to others. The, the uh, collective... I'm doing this on the other side. But, uh, you can... This is how you get... This is called the collective, and you'll see the blades increase pitch collectively, and that's what gives you your power, your up power. The cyclic control is right here, and if you notice, it turns all the blades in a cyclic fashion. They're not equal, and that controls your rotor disc. The inputs are actually put in 90 degrees in front of where they take effect. That's gyroscopic precession. All the helicopters are built with that in mind. Um, we have... This is roll harness for the, uh, we locked these when we were in Vietnam in combat, we would lock these so if we did get shot, we wouldn't fall into the controls. In Vietnam, in my particular unit, we were in a hot area, we never flew with these doors on, they were always off. But back here would be the gunner, he'd be sitting with that bungee cord, his 60, uh, M60 off the bungee cord, and he's got free reign to shoot out of there. You just hope they never shoot out your, your blades, which has happened also. But, uh, also, we have, we did carry grenades, smoke grenades. We, we use the smokes a lot. We very seldom use the uh, high-explosive grenades. 
This is a transmission cover. Underneath here, it's, it's really just soundproofing. It's never designed very well for the military. In fact, a lot of the aircraft, even in Vietnam, just took it all out. But we did have it in there. You got just room for two back here. And uh, we often had four people on board doing, just moving them from place to place. It's, uh, this is a serial number of the aircraft, 16026, and uh, I didn't know it when I bought the aircraft. I got it from a sheriff's department uh, that it had the history that it has. I didn't know that it was in my unit in Vietnam. It took about a year to find the pilot that was flying, and the story and what happened was that he was hovering doing a bomb damage assessment, and he set off, either he set off a booby trap or an RPG exploded underneath him, and it really mangled the belly it blew and had to be sent back to he was able to fly back to the fire support base uh, then it was sent back to California for a rebuild so it's the engine compartment this is an Allison C-18 or actually a, that's a military designation T I forgot what it is uh, but it's the first run of the Allison series they've uh, since Later models of the Hughes uh, civilian model uh, have a bigger engine. This is just the first first go around. Now the ones that the Army flies have more than twice the horsepower. Uh, they got six blades, got four tail rotor blades, and they're a real a real muscle car. Starter generator. It's used for starting the engine, and then once you started, you uh, put it into generator mode, and it, it's our generator charges everything, charges the battery. It's just a cooling duct for the starter motor. And your fuel control and governor are over under, kind of on the other side of that uh, thing. And this, this is your throttle control. That's hooked up to the uh, collective up front. And uh, you start it, you put it in flight idle, then you run it up to full RPM. And it's governed, it's got a, it stays there. We don't, like a piston aircraft, we don't have to uh, move the throttle. We just set the throttle and go. So that's that. Tail boom is a time life item from here back. It's good for about 2,200 hours and it has to be replaced. There's a civilian replacement model. It's good for 10,000 hours, but I wasn't able to buy one of those. <laughs> so these are the horizontal stabilizer. Uh, on the early models, we had the, this on the, on the current um, and quite yeah, from the middle of 75 or so on, they have a T-tail on the Hughes market. They have basically the same fuselage, but they have the T-tail at the top. So this is your lower horizontal. These are all time-life items and uh, getting hard to get. So ADS-B out, which is required. I didn't really want to put it on, but we needed to. This is the your tail rotor control. This is operated by your feet up front. And they're anti-torque pedals. The more power you pull, the more uh, you have to counteract that with the tail rotor. Some helicopters, this is a weak point uh, where they lose tail rotor control. It's not so bad on this aircraft. So. I'm Aubrey. Aubrey Jones. Aubrey these kids, they don't deserve to have to go through this. My beautiful little red-headed girl has cancer. You don't know what's going to happen. 
Please go online and become a St. Jude partner in hope for only $19 a month. I think it's the most worthwhile place to put your money when it comes to childhood cancer. Don't buy solar panels. Seriously, there is a very good reason why we're saying this. If you're thinking about buying solar panels, don't. The U.S. government will literally buy them for you if you take 60 seconds to answer a few questions below. Hi there. If you are a homeowner in America and you wouldn't mind saving a couple thousand dollars on your electricity bill this year, then you're really going to love what the U.S. government has just announced. You see, a few days ago, the U.S. government released a new stimulus program with the goal to encourage as many Americans as possible to go solar and that way contribute to a healthier planet. And they're giving away brand new solar panels and a Tesla Powerwall to ordinary Americans at no cost to you or your bank account. As they said, they'll even cover the cost of the installation. Plus, if that wasn't enough, you'll even be handed a $2,500 stimulus check on top of that. Which means today, in case you still haven't gone solar, you can get solar panels installed on your house without paying a single dollar whatsoever. And of course, $2,500 for being generous enough to accept that offer. Crazy, right? And all you need to do to apply is take a short survey by clicking the button below this video and answer a few questions to see if you qualify. It takes only about 60 seconds in total. So, if you'd like to start saving thousands of dollars on your electricity bill every single year, and finally generate your own power instead of relying on the grid to keep your lights on, all while getting paid $2,500 to do so. Then click the button below this video and take a 60 second survey to see if you qualify before something gets in your way and the next thing you know, your electricity bill got even higher and you just can't seem to find this video again because the program has already ended. Seriously, don't let that happen and click the button below this video to qualify for the program while it's still available. This is, Yosemite Sam was our 3rd Squadron 11th Armored Cav um, model, or what do you call it? We use this, we did actually, it came from Disney, I think, or Looney Tunes, one of those guys. Uh, we wrote, got permission to put it on the side of our tanks, the trucks, the tracks, the helicopters. So everything was 11th, 3rd uh, Squadron had the Yosemite Sam on it. So, is it fuel? It's jet fuel or JP4, JP5, and uh, it's 54 gallons, and we have a burn rate of 25 an hour, pretty pretty right on all the time, so it, it goes two hours, and then it quits, so it'll go two hours and four minutes, um, but uh, I, in Vietnam, our, our, uh, we did hour and a half, and I still do the hour and a half limit. That leaves you some room if you have to go somewhere else for fuel. So, and the oil is just a, a 7808 standard military designation oil. And uh, we use now mobile 254 as the number. And that's your sight gauge for the oil. That's where the oil goes. These are just uh, 
nav lights. This this particular little plastic piece is unique to the OH-6, so they're hard to come by. Uh, the civilian models didn't have the little extension on them. This is a jack point, also used for tying the blades down to this. There's a jack point on the other side, and then there's one on the tail boom right here. So you can, to standard aircraft jacks, to jack it up, level it, whatever you need to do. So up on the rotor system, you've got hydraulic dampeners that control. The blade has to lead and lag and flap. It's a fully articulated rotor system. So it's allowed to swing forward on its own. They're allowed to flap up on their own. And if you ever watch this in flight, they're really working. The retreating blade has to, has to increase in pitch. And that's, just, that's what limits your forward speed is the retreating blade speed. So you get to a point where that's, it'll stall out and you'll actually roll. So don't want to do that unless you're <laughs> the 105 that can do that stuff. This aircraft, the pilot sits on the right side. The civilian model, they sit on the left side. Uber Eats hates late. In fact, 95% of orders are on time. But occasionally, something unpredictable happens. Like Aaron Donald is a total sweetheart. And a hasty commuter makes a rash decision. Before asking himself, is that Aaron Donald? I'm sorry! And if an abandoned sedan makes your eats late, we'll make it right. With three months of zero dollar delivery fee. How's that for a good deed? And, uh... The theory on the reason that they have it on the right side for the Army is so that the pilot, single pilot, can get to his radios and keep his hand on the collective instead of swapping hands, which you do if you're on this side. But you get used to it, you can do that. The standard startup is like most any aircraft. You check all your circuit breakers. Uh, you go to the battery, which right now is disconnected for here. Uh, then we have a control check. And again, you want to have full travel, no, nothing in stopping you. And here, full travel on the collective. It's all part of your check. Put your frictions back on for the start and uh, go through a start procedure, which is merely battery on. Check your lights. Um, and then we use, uh, there's a starter button here. We introduce fuel at 15%, 15, 16%. Watch your TOT. Almost every start in the hot days will, goes up to the red line, which is a normal start. And it has two phases. It comes back down, and then it goes back up again. And once you're up to 59%, you're, you're idling. So you can release a starter at 59%. And uh, then that's generator on, and then the master radio, and, and what have you. I, Unfortunately, I had to change out the Army radios because I just couldn't keep them running. They, they would uh, get very expensive to get them fixed, and you get them fixed, and they break. And so I had got fed up, and I took out 160 pounds of avionics and put in 16. And so it's a pretty light aircraft. We're down around, around 1,200 pounds. That's 2,250 is uh, 2,550 is your gross. We have well a couple things. These are merely to put your headset on your helmet. This is a heater. It's a bleed air heater. You slide this and it opens up a valve which feeds into the, the heat system. And you can see right here you have outlets for defrost and then there's uh, 
it blows down. It's actually quite effective. This is your engine anti-ice. You turn that on at 40 degrees uh, and visible moisture so you don't freeze up your engine. That's also bleed air that these in. These are just more air vents. OAT gauge and uh, okay. the light right here to your left. Is our map light? I, I I keep it up here so it's out of the way. Doesn't get used very often. To these days, night flying is an emergency procedure for me. I, I avoid it. Um, first aid kit, standard issue. Uh, again, you're, you're hating duct duct work going up. And uh, I think we demonstrated this. If not, it's the uh, shoulder harness that you can lock which we locked in flight. This is a, just a plexiglass breaker if you need it sometime, which I hope never to, to use. Under here, do we show... This is the battery. It had a NICAD battery, but the lead-acid batteries have been more reliable, so going to lead-acid on this. This side is just a little bit of storage. You have about the same amount of space under there, and put in cleaning supplies, rags, and, and what have you, and this is all we've got for, for a map case. It, I did some exciting flying. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm you, I'm you did. They got a, a DFC for, for, actually for dropping off a company commander uh, down, it's a triple canopy jungle, and his lieutenant was killed, his sergeant was wounded, and the troops on the ground were totally without a leader, and uh, they were panicking. So I, I tried to hover down to them, and I saw that I'd get to about 10 feet off the ground, and they were all trying to jump up and get at me. Uh, so I went back and offered to drop the company commander from 10 feet. And uh, had to, to get in there, I had sideways down, back and forth and down. And I told him I'd give him a nod. The guy was uh, looked like O.J. Simpson, and he was a muscles. And he dropped all his gear down to his guys, and then I had him get out and hang off the skid, and I told him I'd give him a nod, and he can let go, and then I would correct for the CG change. Well, he let go, and I went through the trees, <laughs> some of the lower branches of the trees before I got it under control. It was a much faster than I expected it to react. Anyway, I did a hovered back out of the hole, and he took charge of his company, and I eventually got him out of there. And our tanks went in and busted jungle to go out and get them out of there. So that was one of the stories. And um, All right. Well, thanks for watching. I hope you enjoy it. All you people out there need to make it to Oshkosh sometime in your life. It's a great place. Okay, everybody, that was our episode on the OH6 Little Bird. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you to Peter Bales for coming on the show and discussing this wonderful uh, piece of history. Um, so, everybody, that'll do it for this week. Uh, thank you again for everybody for listening. Thank you to Eric Johnston for providing the video. Uh, right support goes to him. And, uh, yeah, so everybody, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, make sure to follow me on Instagram, Aviation Avenue Pod. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Braden Piscopo. Uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash aviation avenue. Um, uh, if you guys uh, have any questions about aviation, you guys can email me at stuntplanepodcastfanmail at gmail.com. And we will see you next week here on the Aviation Avenue Podcast. So long for now, everyone.